0: on SAFM.
1: So we continue our look into the legacy of Dada Mandela and uh, this obviously being um, tomorrow marking his birthday, the 18th of July. And uh, generally it would have been Mandela Day. It's still Mandela Day, although, you know... It's just um, difficult times for the Mandela family, so I uh, don't know how they're going to be celebrating. But we are encouraged, all of us are supposed to reflect on the legacy of the man and, and what it means to, to have so many of us continue revisiting what his legacy is about, especially being able to reflect his legacy from all perspectives, because that's that's also very key, how people see his legacy. And that being um, different is also okay, that people change their mind as they go along. That is also very welcome. I just want to pay you a clip, and that is of Zazi Mandela, Madibia's great granddaughter, talking with Ambassador Zinzi Mandela when they were writing the book, um, The Granddad Mandela. This book was written uh, and was inspired on the back of the grandchildren asking their grandmother uh, back then, uh, Mamuine Mandela, 15 questions about their grandfather. and Let's just take a listen.
0: Hello. Um, were the people happy when Granddad was released of prison? People were so happy when he came out. They were lining the streets as we drove out of the prison gates. They were everywhere. It was we, the Granddad had to take time to come into Soweto because all the streets were blocked. It was raining heavily, but people were sleeping in the streets. They were singing and dancing in the streets. You couldn't drive through to get to the house. So we had to stay another day in Cape Town and wait for people to be able to organize, um, to, to, to arrange properly for us to land in a helicopter um, at, at Orlando Stadium and then to be driven through to the house because it was just too full of people everybody was so so happy
1: all south africans black and white so i beg your pardon that was the conversation between great grandchildren with their grandmother their grandmother being now the late ambassador zinzi mandela and they were asking 15 questions about their great grandfather so this points to you know holding someone's legacy and being able to go back adding layers to it and why that is important. So my guest is historian and scholar, Zikona Valela, who joins us now on the line to just unpack the importance of recording history from all sorts of people and looking at different lenses of this history. Zikona, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Good
0: afternoon, Pamela. Thank you for having me and good afternoon to your listeners.
1: And, and just for me... Just unpack the importance of us revisiting someone's legacy and history, and archiving this this history from all perspectives. Why that is so important?
0: I mean, so that we don't forget. Um, and I think there is so much value um, in recording in these stories being told because they are also very empowering, and they also Provide us with opportunities to learn broader lessons. You know, if we take this this book um, that Oumambozi oh, wrote with her great grand, with her grandchildren, yes. um, you have the story that talks about resilience, the story that talks about community. You know, because the struggle um, that that outraged was not just his alone. It wasn't taken on by him alone. And the fact that we can talk about a Nelson Mandela is because of the collective efforts of so many people starting with uh, his former wife, Umamau, Unumza, and, you know, we learn the lesson of community. We learn the lesson, but you know, we have the timeline, but we also learn the valuable lessons of Umundu, the valuable lessons of Treating people um, for who they are, for their humanness, um, because we have such a we have such a brutal and unfortunate history of people, particularly African people, being brutalized for hundreds of years. And I think when we learn the story of of a people through the eyes of this man, Dr. Nelson Mandela you know, regaining that humanity, there's so much that this generation, there's so much that we can learn as a people in trying to make sure that we preserve all that was fought for and all that was died for.
1: You know, Zekona, what, what always astounds me, and we are in a, I suppose, in a very fortunate position as South Africans um, for many reasons, in the sense that we, we are still fortunate to be in a generation that still can access a generation that lived through apartheid. So if we really wanted to, and we, wa- we we were keen to know, some of the people are still alive. So we can literally, from a generational point of view, still access that, because it's right here. And um, also the fact that our history doesn't lie only with one person. So, and Madiba made this point over and over again, it's not about him. It was about a collective purpose. And And this for me is quite an inspirational thing, because what it means is that in your homes, you simply reach out to your grandparent. You simply reach out to your uncle, to whoever it is, okay. and they can just give us the richness of history that we've all been looking for in the history books in our schools. They're living with us. Many of them are around us.
0: Absolutely, Camilla. And I think what what makes this um, this particular book that Mamzini wrote so profound is that it, it's it's. So embedded in the tradition of African storytelling, you know, the, uh, you know, Umakulu or Gogo retelling these stories. And, and I mean, I, I think about, um, about mom Felicia Mamuga's interview with, uh, with Mamouini and how she framed it within that context of storytelling, asking Mamouini to imagine that she, that this interview is like a story she's telling to her children, to her grandchildren. So I think that's the thing, that's the culture. It's embedded within the culture that we have as African people. And as you say, it's, um, you know, this is not long ago. Mm-hmm. You know, 1990 was just 30 years ago. And, and, and also the transition that, that, that South Africa saw between 1990 and 1994 that was marked by violence. It's something that so many people lived through. It's something that some that some of us were born into as well. So there's so many untold stories and unknown stories that we have access to, and I think the time is so ripe to sit down and start recording these things and start beefing up our archives as a people um, in order to in order to highlight some of the work that we might not um no yet, so many figures you know are hidden, and so many people have contributed so immensely to our history, to our freedom, um, are people whose stories are yet to be told, and I think we need to utilize this moment that we have, these opportunities that we have. You never know your own sister or mm. uncle could have been very much a part of mm. you know these grassroots movements that were very much Um, uh, 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 very much characteristic of the 1980s um, struggle, um, or rather 1980s point of the struggle. So I think we really have an opportunity on our hands to come together, not just as historians within the academy, but even just you as an ordinary person. There's a story that you can tell. I
1: want you to tell me what the consequences of us not accessing our history will be.
0: I think what will happen, <laughs> I fear what will happen is that you'll have the same voices um, who will become vanguards of, um, of our history. And, you know, sometimes history, because of that whole vanguardism, sometimes history then stops, to, stops being objective. Yes. Let me use an example. Um, growing up, when we studied, you know, your social sciences type of history in primary school, you know, we learned about the arrival of the Dutch East India Company on our shores. And, you know, this, this arrival of Jan van Riebeek was um, due to the need for a refreshment station. And, you know, you have this, this image of in your mind of this garden, of this sort of like communal garden being established in the Cape. And that's where it ends, in terms of how that story is told. Um, We're not told of the fact that just six years later, slavery was born in this country. Um, And it it lasted for a pretty long time. And we're not told of that history. We're not told of, you know, of, of the violence with which this which the South Africa that we know um, was born. And we need to start, and, 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 and that's due to the kind of vanguardism and, and an agenda to, to sanitize certain figures that have contributed to brutalizing hum, other human beings. And I think when we start to democratize the storytelling of our history, we start to tell the truth. We start to be more honest we start to introspect more seriously about how our country was born and how if we are really, um, if we are to, to quote Uganda, uh, if we really are serious about their never and never again, that, uh, if we are serious about that never again, never again that uh, will there be any brutality like the one we've seen before. When we tell the truth about our history we can at least move a step forward in trying to ensure that truly it will never happen
1: again so Kona, instinctively people always look to education to fill the gaps for us you know make it part of the curriculum and mm-hmm. insist that mm-hmm. we learn this thing but i think that time is over we've got lots of platforms we've got lots of ways in which we can mm-hmm. capture our story um and i wonder um, what, what needs to happen to encourage more of our stories to come through, to encourage for you to take the camera or the microphone and put it next to your great-grandmother who may be still alive and to ask those people to, to add texture to our history?
0: I would say the first thing is funding. Um, we need to, we need to uh, roll out funding for people who are interested in taking on various projects. Various historical projects, and we also need to expand the scope of, for such funding because sometimes it's not enough to to say, okay, let's have the criteria for this is social cohesion. What does that mean? That's a very ambiguous uh, criteria from you know our state institutions when it comes to you know empowering artists to create these stories or um, or scholarship funding that empowers uh, students to take on. Um, you know, research or academic to take on research, uh, unpacking our history. We need to expand our scope, and we also need to make sure that we find people that are interested in this in this project. Makosza um, Zanakaba, who's working on a, a on a biography of Mamnoni Chababu, speaks about this in in um, in an article in the Johannesburg Review of Books, uh, where she where she references um, an article that she actually wrote about empowering women to start you know to have the money to write the biographies that that matter to them so I think funding is so important because you know you have to travel to these to these cases you know you have to travel to visit um you know people that that are important to your research or or, or uh, and so on so or you need to fund actors if it's going to be a film you need you need crews you need all sorts of things and at the heart of this is the money um so we need to I think I think our institutions that that the Department of of Arts and Culture and so on and our Heritage Councils and so on, I think they need to start to rethink their scope of funding. They also need to invite more people, publicize as much as they can to make sure that, hey, the people that that are interested in these projects are actually given the empowerment, the financial empowerment to fulfill them.
1: I really appreciate the time you've taken to talk to us, Zikona Valela, who is a historian and a scholar, just reflecting on why it's so important for us to think very carefully about documenting our stories and why we just cannot leave it to the school, for instance, to do it uh, for us. How, as a community, we should really insist on making sure that history is part of how we, we consume news and stuff so that we know better. We can interrogate things better. Once we know better, we are able to be a society that is better empowered to deal with certain things that are going on around us. Thank you very much for sticking with us. I'm going to be taking a quick break to the Kids Corner now, and after that, we're going on a musical journey.